This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Find easy ways to store your outdoor tools and accessories at Menards. Suncast provides high quality and easy to assemble storage. Suncast storage sheds are the perfect solution for organizing and protecting your outdoor tools and equipment. Plus, their all-weather construction is low maintenance. Explore all our outdoor storage options in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Fancy like a couple bees on a day night. Get your oh, hey everyone, and welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I was not listening to that Applebee's song because that song sucks. Oh, it doesn't suck. I'm here with Sterling Holmes. My name is Matt Connor. We're ready to talk some deadline action. First of all, though, it's the day after Halloween. How was your holiday and how much candy do you have left at your house? So I am basically like every single 1970s ad for what not to do if you're a kid. I'm literally like standing there with a mustache just sitting, hey, kids, want some candy? And uh, they're like, yeah, they do. I only had 11 kids. 11 kids get candy. I have a shit ton of Reese's, Twix. I got candy I like because I'm a smart man. I have so much candy left over. It was fun. I I enjoyed making the kids uh, happy. It's fun. They were cute. They're like little Transformers. We had a little Batman, had a little ghost, had a Spider-Man, a pirate. Oh, yeah. You you have an approachable mustache. It's not like you don't have like, you don't look like a creeper with a mustache. Stay away. It's like, hey, that guy's got, I don't know, kind of a Selicky mustache. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You should feel good, feel good about what you're sporting, and then and and that's why kids still approach you. All right, we're gonna get a lot of Chiefs talk in. We'll, we'll, we're gonna talk a lot of Chiefs. I see everyone commenting. Thank you guys for commenting already. Uh, it's hot. We're gonna have a lot of fun. I know some of y'all are hot and bothered. Some of you guys are very excited. No moves were made, but I want to talk about KC Beer Company. KC Beer Company is the best beer you will have. KC Beer Co. uses four ingredients. Casey Beerco won't let you down. Casey Beerco is always in your corner. What do you want? Do you, do you, do you want a, a lager? A Hefeweizen? What, what do you want? Do you, do you want a Casey Beerco light because you're watching your figure? Or do you want a Winterbach because you want something a little different? Casey Beerco, they have you. The German Purity Laws of 1516. What are you going to do? Drink a, a Bud Light? No, you're not. You're going to get you some Casey Beerco. Casey Beerco, fucking try it. It's amazing. It's delicious. We want you to try it. And thank you guys so much for always taking pictures with it and posting. That actually does mean a lot to us. It means a lot to Casey Beerco. But again, I'm not. I'm not lying. It is like the best beer you will have. Casey Beerco, go ahead and get some. Well, that's good. You did good today. So look, every, everyone's super fired up. The NFL trade deadline. Uh, let's do a quick review here. One. The Chiefs made a deal already. It's not that the Chiefs just sat there the whole time. Kadarius Tony, we'll talk about that in a little bit. On the day of, 
it feels like there's a lot of energy right now in the fan base because everyone probably set refreshing Twitter all day, despite Elon Musk and whatever he's trying to do to it, uh, looking for whatever's going on. Like, are the Chiefs making moves? Imagine this. You want your Chiefs to make a move. Then the NFL, this NFL deadline had more deals than ever. So it's like you see everyone else doing something, and of course that makes you want it. Then the Chiefs don't follow through with anything that they were rumored to. Brian Burns, Josh Allen, Montez Sweat, really anybody, anybody at, at defensive end, nothing happens. Uh, they don't do anything, so then you're let down. And then you're like, wait, there was a deal. And then it's like Rashawn Fenton for the sad trombone. Uh, and then so – there's, there's like all this energy, this pent up energy waiting, then nothing happens. Then you're like, wait, there's a ray of hope. And then you're like, oh, they traded Rashad Fenton for a compensatory seventh round pick from the Falcons. What's that all about? Sterling, I want to give it to you here. I got a lot of thoughts too. What's your thoughts on the Fenton deal and, and what this means? Let's talk about the compensation first. Like, like what does that tell you about Fenton's place here on the roster because some people are like how do you give that up for just a like a conditional seventh yeah Fenton's been fine he was actually very solid last year I think he's had a good career especially for a six-round draft pick but he was losing playing time this season has been a disappointment I'm sure Fenton would probably say the same thing Uh, I I think he was a, a disappointment from what he did last season just not the same production not only that, with McDuffie coming back, Legereus Sneed playing like an all-pro. Uh, you know, Joshua Williams, I think, has fared very, very well. We've seen some improvement there. Uh, Jalen Watson has has shown he's been able to hold his own. I'm surprised they didn't keep fitting just as a rotational piece, a veteran depth piece, but he didn't bring much to the table. He's not part of the future plans. They got anything back. They don't need it in their draft pick, the Chiefs. They, they don't, unless they're going to package some of these together uh, in the offseason. But if he wasn't going to get any playing time, Fenton, for his, for himself, may, maybe wanted out. Maybe Fenton goes, if I'm not going to play here, I want to play somewhere. You know, that, that, that could be a, a, a situation as well. This does not move the needle for me. I, I, have, I have a whole overarching thought on the entire trade deadline. But as far as Rashad Fenton goes, I, I appreciate his contributions in Kansas City. Hopefully he gets more playing time in Atlanta. The, the Chiefs, slight head-scratcher, but this means they have a lot of faith in the rookies and the young cornerbacks. Yeah. Yeah, just to set the record straight here, it's not just about Fenton and what you get for him, right? You get like $1.4 million in cap room. He's in his most expensive year, and he's playing out his final season. He's gone next year anyway um, in free agency. So for the Falcons, it's a half-season rental. It's also a roster spot here on a team that doesn't want to have to lose guys to waivers. Here's a team that's looked very young. Fenton's been out the last couple games anyway, and the leaps made by Joshua Williams. You got a guy like Nazi Johnson, who's also on the active roster. Um, now Chris Lamond plays very well on special teams, whether he should be playing or not. Uh, you, ha- and then also they've been, they, they bring up the Caprio Boodle, to me, this means the coaching staff is looking at these young guys going, hey, look, I, I know Fenton has started even on the boundary for us in the past. He's not better than all the seventh-round guys we've got now. So he's expendable. You can say what you want about, 
look, Fenton was a locker room favorite. Willie Gabe, you know, came out on Instagram and saying, you know, no to the deal. And then, um, and you know, he has like championship experience. There's something to be said for those things and, and whatnot. But this is a team that's rolling with its youth. We knew that all along. What the Chiefs get here, it's not about the seventh round. It's about the roster spot. It's about a little bit more cap room. Uh, and then it's about like clearing the space to let the young guys run with things and do what they will. I'm just going to say really quickly, for example, we're going to see guys get released. Guys who are veterans who want to play somewhere else, who want an opportunity. Sidney Jones, right, from the Seahawks, cornerback, just got released. Right. The Chiefs need money to operate. If they want to bring in one of those guys. Uh, Indomitian Sue, I don't think the Chiefs are getting Indomitian Sue, but, for example, Indomitian Sue is still out there. They need money if they want to bring someone in. Uh, you know, OBJ, he is still out there. If they're going to bring him in, they need money. This is a multifaceted uh, um, deal, like your observation states, the $1.4 million, that's probably the majority uh, of how the deal was, was, was constructed. They don't need Fenton. They save $1.4. They get, the, they get the, um, the roster spot as well. This opens up the opportunity for a potential position of need. Yeah. You roll with the youngsters, and they will make their mistakes. We've seen Josh Williams make his mistakes. We've seen Jalen Watson make his mistakes. If Naze Johnson, the other seventh-round pick, comes in, he's going to make his mistakes. But, but. You want them to make their mistakes here because think about this. Trent McDuffie's coming back. That means right now in 2022, 23, 24, and maybe even 22, Sterling, you and I could be sitting here in 2025 talking about Jalen Watson, Josh Williams, Trent McDuffie, Nazi Johnson still all playing together because the Chiefs went all in on these young guys in their first year, gave them experience to see what they can become. So I like what this does for the long term, and the Chiefs are also signaling, and it's not going to hurt us in the short term, at least that much, either. As a golfer, for years, I've been hearing PXG say, nobody makes golf clubs like they do, period. You know what? They're right. I went in for a fitting and saw for myself, went in to swing the PXG Black Ops driver, and let me be honest, I was skeptical. Well, again, I, I loved my old driver. I had a uh, another very popular big-name brand. I love my driver. But they brought me in just to, to put it to the test. The PXG driver, it won. It was, I don't know, 7 to 10 yards longer. The dispersion was better. And the fitting experience was legitimately phenomenal. You know, I went in being a skeptic, and I came out being a true believer it feels like a premium club in your hand, and not just that. The The ability of, of the actual fitting process blew me away. We went from extra stiff to regular stiff shaft. We tried out different weights on the shaft. We tried different shafts in general. Um, we, we were messing with the weights in the driver going from a 10.5 degree driver down to a 9. As someone who has a high launch angle, who gets a lot of loft and height on their ball, I needed something that was a little lower, so we moved the weights to the front of the club. It, it was such a wonderful experience. I mean, they analyze every little bit of information to get the perfect fitting just for you. Um, again, I was blown away 
by the PXG Black Ops driver. PXG made me a believer. They'll do the same for every golfer in Kansas City. Visit pxg.com slash arrowhead to schedule your fitting at PXG Kansas City. Uh, that is 7517 West 119th Street in Overland Park. Get fitted for any club and you'll get a dozen golf balls free. That's pxg.com slash arrowhead to schedule your fitting. pxg.com slash arrowhead. Limit one dozen golf balls per person. Promotion ends June 30th. Other terms and conditions may apply. See store for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Can I give some overarching thoughts? I know we might hit on some of the, the, the talking true. points later on, but I, I just got to give my, my overarching thoughts out here because I, I get frustrated when everyone wants these massive deals made. Everyone's like, get Brian Burns, get, get Josh Allen. It's not that simple. The, the Chiefs have to have room to operate in the future. It's not a one-year all-in situation. Sure, the Chiefs went – I mean, the, the, the Chiefs saw the Rams go all-in last year, and it worked. Think about the teams this year that went all-in and what they look like. Oh, yeah, Broncos, fucked for five-plus years with Russell Wilson. Congratulations. The Chargers, they went all-in. What's going on now? Nothing. The Raiders went all-in. How's that looking for him? A lot of teams go all in, but you have to toe the line of, of future and, and winning right now. The Chiefs are the top three team in the NFL. Chiefs, Eagles, Bills. Acting like this is panic mode and if they don't get a top in edge rusher, the season's over is absolutely asinine. It makes no sense. Sure, could they have used some help? Getting after the quarterback? Yes, but it has to make sense. We talked about it. This is a retooling year. Pressing the panic button right now when they're sitting here in very good position makes zero sense. Wouldn't you guys all agree the defense, the offense, they've gelled quicker with all the youth and new pieces more or quicker than you expected? I think so. This is, is going to take time. I just don't understand. It's not Madden. 
Not many trades get made. Ten trades were made today. That's the most that's ever happened on an NFL trade deadline in one day, right? Yeah. This is not Major League Baseball. This is not the NBA. You rarely see massive trades being made. Where'd Brian Burns go? Oh, yeah, that's right. He stayed. Where'd Josh Allen go? Oh, yeah, that's right. He stayed. It's not Madden. And I think sometimes video games have have taken a negative impact when it comes to – you know, teams and what they do at the trade deadline. I, I had to get it off my chest because I, I get very frustrated when, it's, when it just seems like everyone's an all-pro at every single position. Give away all your draft picks, go all in this year, then what happens? Yeah. We'll, we'll hit on Kadarius Tony later, and, and there's a very reason why I want to I touch on that, but you have to have guys on your roster. You can't just go all in with 53 guys and go, what happens next year? Yeah, I mean, you can. You're called the the L.A. Rams or the New Orleans Saints if you do. Um, and look at where those are. You know the Rams got their Super Bowl, and then and then now they now they're going to get outclassed in their own division and 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 you know and swim for some level of mediocrity in the next couple of years because guys are going to get older. Um, it, the the you you brought it up right. The Chiefs are five and two, comfortable division lead. Everyone refers to the Chiefs and the and the Bills. As the class of the whole AFC, you can include the Eagles in there and you get the whole NFL. So you got an organization that everyone respects saying, look, the Super Bowl is is belongs to one of these three as the clear class of the league. And the Chiefs are doing it while completely undergoing a youth movement on defense that hasn't even added the cornerstone piece from the draft when doing it. So we're going to see Trim McDuffie come back. We're going to see everyone else's assignments ease up in the secondary. Um, we're going to see the young guys continue to develop. Um, and we're going to see the schedule get a lot easier. The Chiefs have already come through the gauntlet. They're coming out of the bye week. Um, even those games that seemed to loom large, like the Rams and the Bengals, don't loom nearly as large anymore looking at them through the through the lens of 2022. So – uh, yeah, you know, we all would have loved to have seen an addition at one of these key positions like pass rusher. But, you know, you have to trust the fact that the front office looked at the price tag and went, I'm not shopping here. In fact, I don't have to shop here because I can shop at other times. So, <laughs> And it takes two to tango. And like, seriously, no teams go like, oh, yeah, you know what? We didn't get two first for Brian Burns. Let's send him over to the Chiefs for a fourth. Right. Like, the, Washington's not doing that with Montez, Sweat, and, and you know, um, and with Payne. Like, the Jets couldn't move on from Elijah Moore. They couldn't move on from the other young wide receiver they have as well, uh, Denzel Mims. It's hard. Relax. Calm yeah. down. You're going to yeah. make me have an aneurysm because I get so upset. I got to get off Twitter. <laughs> I, you know, like, like, let's say, like, like, let's look at who moved today, right? Bradley Chubb gets moved today uh, to the Miami Dolphins. A first round pick, it, it cost them the Dolphins. Uh, Chase Edmonds as a running back, a first round pick and a fourth round pick, right? So if you want the Chiefs to trade like a first, a fourth, and like Jet McKinnon or something, right? In exchange for Chubb, he's the guy that then you're going to have to give a long term deal to. Chubb only played four games in 2019. He only played in seven last year. Uh, the guy had zero sacks last year, by the way, like zero, not like even one in seven games, but zero. He had one game or he had only one in 2019 when he played in four games. He's only had one season in which he's had double digit sacks at all. And then now he's in the contract year and, and now he's kind of putting it together again with five and a half. 
it, it, it's the kind of numbers that make you go, who wants to do that whole Frank Clark thing over again, which has caused so much Chiefs fans to be like all up in arms in the first place. Do you really want them to have to pay that for a guy like that or more than that for a guy with a little bit more stability? The, the cost is just so high. And, you know, teams put that price tag on there waiting for a desperate GM who wants to save his job in the middle of a season to make that all-in move. Um, or a team like the Dolphins to make it because they're on a they have a quarterback on a rookie deal and they can afford it. So yeah, it, it's just it's crazy to me how many doubters there are and how many the ship is sinking is going on because the Chiefs just didn't make that deal that they wanted to today. And again, the NFL is just a different beast. Bradley Chubb was one of the biggest names moved. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was a massive name uh, name moved, and that was for a multitude of reasons. And the majority of people, myself included, think it could have been an overpay just based on the positional value, right? What happened when he when he moved? Carolina somehow looks better, and the Niners look about <laughs> the same, right? Because it's Jimmy G at quarterback. Running back is not the most influential position. Uh, let's get into uh, the trade deadline as far as non-Chiefs related before we dive back in uh, just in general. My favorite non-Chiefs trade was TJ Hawkinson. It broke during Stack in the Box. I was doing this with uh, Matt Verderam when this broke, and we were just absolutely shocked. I could not believe the Detroit Lions hit on a young tied in someone who looks like a building block piece and they traded him to a divisional foe <laughs> for a second, third. And then what was it? Two fourths are going back to, uh, to Minnesota. Yeah. It Minnesota makes no sense. Drop a couple rounds. And for me, I, I was telling Verderam, I think Minnesota is legitimate. One of the maybe second best team in the NFC, which just shows how crazy this NFL season has gone. But with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and now TJ Hawkinson, if they get down in a game, I think they can come back. A team like the 49ers, when they get down, good luck. You have all that talent, but it's still Jimmy G throwing that ball. I have more faith in Kirk Cousins, which is a wild statement to make in 2022. I was just going to ask you, you believe in Kirk Cousins. Yeah. How much do you believe in Kirk Cousins? Let me ask that way. Uh, Because the NFC is horrific, and basically it's the Eagles and the Cowboys. So outside of those three teams, I just don't see how the NFC is very, you know, any good. I mean, we thought Aaron Rodgers. We thought the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. We thought Matt Stafford and the Rams. I mean, Jared Goff's outplayed all three of those quarterbacks. Yeah. Let that sink in. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. That's a hell of a deal for the Vikings to make to only have to drop a couple. Um, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't believe in Kirk Cousins. You did leave Dalvin Cook out of that situation too, which is – just another dynamic weapon. I mean, they're loaded. That team is loaded. Um, And they're, yeah. Anyway, but we're not here to talk about Vikings. Uh, My favorite deal was actually a sneaky one, though. I, it didn't even occur to me that someone could trade for Calvin Ridley. And the idea that a team like the Jags could make that play for the future, there were all kinds of conditions placed upon that draft pick about like where it goes, you know, if, if they make it, X amount, whatever. Um, that's the kind of deal I would have loved to see. I mean, I like I would have I would have said yes to that deal for Casey or or anyone else for that matter, because I think I think Ridley is a top tier talent. I know he's been gone for a while, but if you're into if you're into buy low endeavors like Kadarius Tony, 
Uh, then count me in for Calvin Ridley being on that list. Um, yeah, I, I just thought that was a really smart play from an organization like Jacksonville that normally isn't known for those. I mean, it's the same, it's the same franchise we're ridiculing for Christian Kirk free agency deal. Um, and then now they're doing that. So that, yeah, that was interesting for me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I was going to say, I like that move a lot for, for Jacksonville, and it makes sense for Atlanta. I don't think that they were going to re-sign Calvin Ridley. So right. if Ridley ends up getting another contract with Jacksonville, it can move up to a potential second-round draft pick. It makes sense for both teams. I wanted to ask you this, though. Would you have made the deal for Calvin Ridley instead of bringing in Kadarius Tony? Because in one aspect, both of these moves, in my opinion, are built for the future. Ridley obviously is not playing this season uh, when it comes to Kadarius Tony, I don't know how much he's actually going to play for Kansas City as far as his impact. I think the Tony move is a uh, long outlook, right? You can make the same case for Calvin Ridley. The only difference is Ridley has one year next year left in his contract. When it comes to this year, all it has is, uh, I mean, when it comes to Kadarius Tony, he has one and a half years and then he has the option for a fifth year. Which move would you have made if you were Kansas City? Tony has two and a half years left. He was a rookie just last year. Um, so we got a lot of control there. I, to me, I think they're different. I think it's so different. And we're getting in, we're getting into a little bit of Tony here, uh, which I'm happy to do. But I, I um, you know, I mean, like, you know, Ridley and Tony are different kinds of receivers, right? I mean, Ridley's going to come down with the contested catch. He's a he's high volume. He's going to be you know, if the Chiefs didn't have Travis Kelsey, if the Chiefs maybe weren't going to extend Juju Smith Schuster. You know, to me, Ridley's such a natural fit there. I mean, Ridley's much better than Juju, so i i would I would have appreciated that route. That's why I say I would have I would have done that. Um, that said, what's missing right now from the current crop of wide receivers is is what we miss seeing when we watch Tyreek in Miami. Now, the fact that any single play he can take the top off the play and and, and be gone. The fact that he's so dangerous with his Flu like he's so fluid in his cuts that it's impossible for a cornerback to stick for any real length of time at all. And so if Tony can stay healthy if, or if he can fit in that way, I mean, he's, he's way more dangerous than McCole Hardman. And we've seen Hardman become very dangerous over time. So, um, you know, depending on like if they can get him the ball, if they can script him to play, Hardman is a great weapon. And Tony is on another level entirely from that. At the same time, you have to look at his time with the Giants and go, what do you do with that? What do you do with a team that wants to give up so quickly on a first-round endeavor uh, like that? We had some um, we have some injury issues. We have some attitude issues. We have some work ethic issues. Uh, his old his first regime didn't want him. His second regime didn't even like didn't really give him a chance. We're out, you know. So. Like that's a lot of red flags, man. I I don't I want he's I want to give him the the benefit of the doubt. A change of scenery. He's here. I'm I'm happy to have him. I want to see him. But that's a lot of question marks. 
Let's get into Kadarius Tony in more detail in just one second. We did get a super chat from TPT Chief Football Podcast. Thank you. Um, he says, in my eyes, it's looking like Chiefs are going to go after OBJ or waiting for some guys to get released. And that's what I was basically saying most of today was, especially when Rashad Fenton, uh, you know, when this happened, the 1.4 mil, the restructuring of Travis Kelsey. I don't know what's for OBJ. But I do think it's going to be a potential someone when players get released. We saw Sidney Jones, for example, from Seattle. More players will start getting released, getting getting cut. We'll see some veterans, uh, some guys who have some some say, so some older guys who are like, you know what, I want you. Maybe Jerry Hughes. Maybe Jerry Hughes, Matt Carter, my, my pipe dream. But I do think it's potential for someone uh, that the, the Chiefs will pick up with this uh, this cap space. Uh, let's let's talk Odell real fast because I know Matt Verderam even reported um, earlier this afternoon, maybe just two hours ago. Um, he said, "Hey, look, we knew." He said, "I knew Odell was not going to sign until after the trade deadline. Now that the deadline is done, expect Odell to kind of come into the sights." And he already he already reported earlier this year the Chiefs are in; they're interested in Odell Beckham Jr. So you have a credible source saying the Chiefs are interested. The Chiefs are the kind of team that Odell would want to join, which is a contender and catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. That's that much to work out. The Chiefs did clear a little bit more cap space. If you want to draw some of those lines, I clearly you can. My question to you is how excited would you be? Let me paint this with a like devil's advocate brush. You got a guy who's just on the verge of turning 30, like within days. Okay. Coming up on his second return from ACL injury in the last couple of years, he added the, he looked great in those games with the Rams down the stretch. Like when it really mattered, like he was a real key component there not long ago, but given how crowded this room looks where we're already going, is there really no room for sky Moore? what's going on here? We just had Kadarius, Tony. We didn't do anything with Hardman. You still got MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Travis Kelsey. Like, what's Odell doing in that room? It's just like a, a now we're just gathering people just to gather them. I mean, I don't know. Like, what do you do with all that? Yeah, but, but before Kadarius Tony and that move happened, I thought OBJ was more realistic because then it comes down to are you releasing Justin Watson? Because I don't think so because Watson is a valuable special teamer. Yep. and a guy for the future. I, I do want to point out, Odell Beckham Jr. is just going to probably sign a half-year half contract just for the rest of the season. Because right. if he balls out after two ACLs, yeah, he's getting a big contract. If you look at the receivers coming on the open market next year, not great. If he balls out, he might be one of the highest paid or highest uh, highly touted wide receivers on the open market. So he's signing for only half a year. Now, if you think that he improves the offense that much more than, say, a Justin Watson does on special teams, right, just the value, then maybe it makes sense. But the Chiefs, again, they're trying to build for the long haul. This is not an all-in one-year situation, and that's what I'm trying to get people to see. As great as it would be you know, for the rest of the season, and again, I love Oda Beckham Jr. I am one of his biggest supporters, and if he came to Kansas City, I would be fucking stoked. I'd probably get a jersey. 
but I just don't see it happening based on the number crunch at wide receiver. Mahomes and Juju, as well as MVS to an extent, are really starting to get on the same page. The Chiefs aren't cutting bait with Sky Moore. They just brought in Kadarius Toney. McCall Hardman is still here. That leaves Justin Watson. They're not keeping seven wide receivers. It's a numbers game. Yeah, it, it, it's a crowded room. The the rumors are really interesting to me. I like I, I trust Matt on that. I I we shall see um, about what to make there. I want to go back to Tony and and talk about that trade. Like when you heard that trade, because you and I haven't talked since since then. When you heard that trade, a, a compensatory third, sixth round for Tony. Did you like that deal? Did you like the cost of the deal? Like what were your what were your thoughts? And have those thoughts changed? They've changed a little bit, and I've talked myself into liking this deal more. And that's not super – it's not unsurprising, right? When a player comes to your team that you root for, you're going to try and find a way to make the deal seem seem better. I think that's just human nature. When it first happened, I was a little confused. My first question was, feels like a lot to give up for a guy who's not been very successful in the NFL. He's had one game where he was unreal – I mean, one game against Dallas where he was just absolutely incredible. But the more I've looked at it, the more I think of it as a McCall Hardman safety net. He's going to be the next McCall Hardman. It's going to be McCall Hardman again on a rookie contract. If he turns into something more, you're thrilled. But getting a guy like this for what was given up, it's it's not a lot to give up for a guy who's going to get you 600 yards a season, a guy you can rely on, uh, a return man, the, the shiftiness is is incredible it's off the charts McCall Hartman is probably getting a larger contract than the majority of people in Chiefs Kingdom would like to believe I mean the wide receiving market is just going through the roof I mean it's wild so the Chiefs wanted a rookie contract a controllable guy who they can actually have value with Juju may be too expensive to bring back MVS is under contract that's it they needed someone to me, this deal makes a lot more sense when you start looking at it as a future deal instead sure. of as an impact deal for this season. Sure. Well, how much do you think we see of Tony this year? And 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 let me preface that by saying this. When the Chiefs signed DeAndre Baker at first, and this is a different position, different player, whatever. But when the Chiefs signed DeAndre Baker, cornerback, you thought, oh my gosh, former first rounder, he's going to join the roster, it's going to be whatever. Then it was week after week after week after week after week after, I mean, like, eight weeks, and then he plays week 17 and breaks his femur. When Josh Gordon joined the roster last year, it was like waiting, waiting, waiting. I mean, all these are different players in different instances, but... Who told you about Josh Gordon? You did. It behooved you to say that. In other words, this team has a penchant for bringing in some guys sometimes and then somehow waiting forever to let them hit the field like they've got to crack the Da Vinci Code in order to like be eligible to play or something. Um, do you think we see Tony really quickly out of the gate? Do you think they're at least starting to script some things to give him like a handful of play, you know, because a team like the 49ers, they're like Christian McCaffrey, you're off the, get in here, put on, put on that Smith Jersey and go right to work. A veteran running back is a little different than a very young wide receiver with not a ton of actual NFL experience. Right. right. So I, I, I do think it'll take a little bit of time. I, I don't even know if he returns punts game one. I don't know if it's Hardman. I would be shocked if it's Sky Moore, but I bet someone else is back there returning punts game one. As the season progresses, then we might see Kadarius Tony because what he brings is 
elite athleticism and shiftiness. You, you look at some of the routes he can run. You're sitting here going, how does anyone tackle him? Like, it's, it's crazy. So the upside is there. I don't think we'll see a ton of Kadarius Tony this year. I keep going back to it. This feels like a futures move. This feels like we'll get him worked up a little bit. The bye week obviously helps, right? That bye week is a, it's a big boost for him. I just don't think we'll see a ton of Kadarius Tony this season. Again, to me, he feels like McCall Hardman insurance. Mm. Why wouldn't you let him play? I mean, at the very least, I plug him in on punt return right now. Because there's, there's no route. There's no – I mean, it's all instinct. It's like catch the ball and then instinctually run. And if there's anything that guy should be able to do, at least like coming in new on a team, I just say get back there, make sure you catch it, and then just do whatever you want to do with that athleticism of yours. It, it I don't know. I To me, I, I at least let him do that for the duration because any other options we have, it's not working out. Well, I hope we see him. What yeah. I hope happens and what I think happens are, are, are two different situations. But, yes, I, I hope we see him as a return man. Uh, basically, I want anyone, though, that can catch the ball back there. I don't yeah. give a hoot. I don't give a shit if it's Nick Allegretti. Fair catch it. The, the offense is too good. Offense yeah. is too good to give the other team possessions and take possessions away from Mahomes. Just fair catch it if, if, if you have to. I don't care. Hey, um, if you've been listening uh, here to the Arrowhead Attic podcast, just want to know we got some great comments coming in, especially from members, um, and we'll get to some of those in a second because there are some questions I'd love to answer and ask of Sterling. However, uh, it would behoove me to also say that if you have a sunk cost in a membership or would like one uh, and want to hang out, uh, the Arrowhead Addict, if you go to arrowheadaddict.com slash memberships, uh, we have three levels of memberships. There are all kinds of great things going on. Um, right now we're doing giveaways. We have um, a Discord channel where we all hang out and chat during the day. And not just about the Chiefs, although we chat plenty about the Chiefs, but even if you want to talk about mo- music or movies or I don't know, favorite TV shows, what's going on. It's just a great way to meet other Chiefs fans. Uh, Talk to us. We love to get to know you. It's just, it's a great way to kind of get in on a little community that's been forming and and we love to be a part of it. Um, Also, Matt Verderam makes some extra videos, has some great film content for Ring of Honor members. And and so all details can be found www.arrowheadaddict.com slash memberships. I just want to go back real fast um, to something I read. Uh, General 51 said, remember, we still have to pay Orlando Brown, Thornhill, and Sneed, so all money moves are for next year. Remember, I said it first. All right, you said it first. Um, I just want to point out, yeah, it, it is important to note that that it's possible that we could start locking up some guys with extensions. That's Willie Gay Jr. That's Legereus Sneed, so you're totally right there. At the same time, I think Orlando Brown Jr. is a big question mark that that we will continue to talk about well into the future, depending on how he plays. And, and maybe even if he plays well, it's still a, a thing. With Thornhill, I guess I saw that and just wanted to address, the Chiefs took Brian Cook safety out of Cincinnati in the second round this year. To me, that's Thornhill's replacement. I don't think in any way that Thornhill is is – in the crystal ball for being resigned. I think they planned a full year in advance on that one. Um, and that's not to say Thornhill's not good or not worth resigning for someone, but I think they've already said, we're going to save money at safety. We're going to do it a year in advance. We're going to find his, his replacement in the same round he was drafted. And, and then 
get the compensatory pick whenever he walks um, in free agency. So, Sterling, you have any thoughts there? I, I would say Legereus need uh, first and foremost. That that's got to be the priority. Yeah. I really hope they find a way to bring back Legereus Need. He is so impactful for this de- uh, for this defense. Swiss Army knife does everything. Sure tackler. I really like Legereus Need. So that's first and foremost. One Thornhill would come down to contract price and what it would cost. Uh, I do think to an extent Brian Cook could be his replacement, but they're slightly different, and the Chiefs love using three safeties. Sure. That, that's, that's that's a lot of their their mo, right? So if you can keep one Thornhill, I don't know what he's gonna gonna cost come come offseason time i don't know if he's cheap you bring him back if not brian cook's there uh, and then of course orlando brown jr that's the big question mark i don't know as of now my personal opinion is no my personal opinion is use that first rounder use a draft pick draft a left tackle yeah i understand it's difficult to draft a very talented left tackle uh late in the draft i know they're going to be gone early it can happen though orlando brown jr has been average it's not like we're talking about you, you need a, an elite guy at left tackle but if you find a similar talent around 29, 30, 31, 32 on a rookie contract allows you to spend money elsewhere, that can definitely be a, a huge boost for Kansas City. I also did see General 51, uh, that was his question, said he was from Philly. Uh, go to Big Charlie's Saloon, South Philly. It's a good spot. A lot of Chiefs fans there. Great Chiefs bar in South Philly. Used to go there when I lived there. Highly recommend it. <laughs> Love it, love it. Well, let's let's move through, and I want to talk about. Well, did you have any further thoughts on Kadarius Tony? By the way, I think we hit most of them. Uh, again, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I'm very cautious. We've talked about a lot of the optimism as far as the speed, the athleticism, the shiftiness. Part of me is very nervous though, because a team like the Giants, who are wide receiver needy, letting him go after one year when he was drafted in the first round, obviously is going to spring some question marks. Not only one, but now two different regimes have had issues. Not saying it's his fault. Not blame us all on Kadarius Tony, but that's going to raise some red, some red flags. I'm cautious. I'm optimistic, but I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah, you know, because it's a weird thing because you, if it was just Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge, you would say, oh, understood. <laughs> who cares? Forget it. I don't even need to do my homework. Come on in. Right. But then Brian Dable and his whole staff, which includes Mike Kafka, by the way, also went, uh, yeah, Kadarius Tony, you're not playing here. In fact, they went and drafted their own version in one Dolly Robinson, who was available from, from Western Kentucky or whatever in the second round. So he takes over that makes Tony redundant. And then now he's traded. So in some ways, you look at the Giants, you're like, man, if you sunk a first and you're willing to ship that out of town that quickly, that sucks. But then at the same time, you have to trust, you think Brett Veach isn't doing his homework? You think he's not making every phone call? You think that they didn't already vet Tony during the draft to know whether they would even be wanted, like interested in him in the first place? So if they said, yeah, we vetted him, we liked him, clearly they thought he was okay and then even followed up and thought he was okay even more. So there's a way I can talk myself. I guess what I'm saying is even as a fan, it's like I can talk myself into and out of concern or into and out of like excitement for these kind of things because you would want to see both sides, um, and yet who knows what to do with it until it gets there. So, uh, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I did want to ask, we, you brought this up already. Wide receiver is someone out. I mean, are, are we going to see a surprise cut here or are the Chiefs going to make, you know, a roster move elsewhere to crowd everyone in? Only if Odell Beckham Jr. gets signed. I think they're going to roll with six. You know, Reese Fountain, he, he got his his release, you know, so that way he can sign on with another team. They like Justin Watson for special teams, and he's starting to find some sort of rapport in the limited action he's gotten. They're not going to do anything with Sky Moore, second-round draft pick. Um, as, as, as much as he's struggled on special teams, this was a future guy. This is this is he fits into the future plans. McCall Hardman, he's still here. He's he's not he's actually been solid this year. I think for the most part, I, I've been pr- pleasantly surprised with McCall Hardman for the most part. MVS and Juju, obviously, and then now you have um, Kadarius Tony. That's six. They're not keeping seven. They'll keep these six, and I, I'm fairly confident this is the way it goes for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm with you. We um we have a franchise tag. Sterling, I'll let you take this. General fifty one. Thanks for the super chat, by the way. He wants to know who gets the franchise tag. Do you think Orlando gets it again? I would say as of now, that would be my bet. That would be my uh, the best bet. Like if you had a, the place right now, who's getting the franchise tag? I'd, I would put it on him. I don't even know who else they'd put it on. Frankly, I don't know. Um, but as of now, I'd say for sure it would be Orlando Brown Jr. Again, that all comes down to if they trust who they get in the draft, if the board falls their way, this, that, and the other. Uh, but as of now, I'd say Orlando Brown Jr. will be getting the franchise tag. Yeah, sounds sounds right on. Sounds right on. By the way, a couple of the roster moves that, that aren't necessarily in our outline, but that people are talking about. Um, angry and drunken German says, I can't believe they didn't trade or cut Rojo today. Doug in Kansas says, wondering if they are going to release Rojo. I, I've seen that kind of across the board on socials. Rojo over the weekend, right, says like he wants his release. The grass looks greener on the other side. I mean, do you think the Chiefs eventually give him his way out, or do you think they say, sorry, you signed, and and you're great security for us, and we're keeping you on? That's what it feels like. I, I mean, if I were Kansas City and, and making the moves, I'd probably say uh, and grant him his release. You, you don't want the headache or at least the baggage that, that comes with that, and, and right now he's not going to be getting any playing time. They have faith in Pacheco and CEH and, and Jarek McKinnon. You know, I, I'd be shocked if Rojo was activated at all this season. And then you just have a guy who's who's irritated. When it comes to signing free agents, sometimes the best move on a guy who's not an impact player is just to grant them the release. That way you have other guys who are, who are in similar situations. Like, well, they did right by him. They'll do right by me. They did it with Reese, with Reese Fountain, right? They yep. did it with Rojo. I think you'll get more guys who are like that. Who, who were looking to sign those those bubble guys, the insurance guys, like, well, they did right by these couple guys. They'll do right by me. I do think there's something to that. Yeah, I I like what you're saying about that and what it says about the organization. I do understand if they wanted to play hardball there, not to be jerks about it, but to say, sorry, we got a team to look out for. I'm sorry you're not playing right now, but, you know, everyone has to earn their spot. You're not there right now, but we don't want to lose the security you you give us, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's up there, but yeah, we do have Wayne Gallman on the, on practice squad, whatever that means. Uh, but yeah, well, let's move forward then because there's actually a game coming up <laughs> after not having a game, identical record. Let me just bring up a few things. Identical record, five and two Tennessee Titans, 
right? And I'll say this because I want to laugh when I think of the Titans being competitive here because I just watched Malik Willis last weekend. I'm just thinking, okay, yeah, this is going to be funny. Except every time I go to look at the series history between these teams, I mean, the Titans have owned. How Wait, how many teams can you say have owned the Chiefs even after Patrick Mahomes took over as starter? I mean, who, what teams can you say that about? What Like, how many are there? Yeah. Mahomes has been the starter for four games against the Titans and has won one of them. Like Mahomes has like a like an overly winning record in games he's losing, actively losing in. But when it comes to the Titans, he can't like it's crazy. Same thing and it's not a Mahomes problem. It was a problem when Alex was the guy. It was like it's been a problem over the last like they're four and eight against the Titans since Y2K was a worldwide worry, right? So I'm just asking you, is there like a ghost, a curse, a a voodoo doll, like something? Are you scared at all of the specter of the history here? I'm not scared, but I do think there is something to having a team's number. Because once you beat a team, you almost expect to beat them again. It shows that it doesn't matter how good that team is. But once you beat them once, even if the players are majority different, like Ryan Tannehill, for example, is still there for the past couple of times, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, I, I've beaten them before. I know he's not starting this game, but my point is it just shows that he's like, okay, we've done it. Mike Vrabel knows the game plan. It's worked before. Let's see if we can do it again. Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo in the regular season against Kansas City. Postseason is a different story. Yeah. If I'm scared of the Titans, I would say, no, I'm not scared. I don't think they're talented. I am at least a little worried, though, as, as far as the line's 12 and a half. 12 and a half. That's bananas. Banana. I mean, the Titans are five and two. I think if Kansas City is rolling on offense, good luck, Tennessee. I mean, it would have to take a situation where they just can't stop Derrick Henry at all on the run. Uh, This is Andy Reid off of a bye. This is what Malik Willis at quarterback for the most part. I think that's that's the initial thought, right? Malik Willis. I I think think Tannehill will be back. Tannehill missed because he was ill. Yeah, injured. I think if he's not ill, I think he's in. I don't think it matters either way. The receivers for Tennessee, they're not great. Tennessee, just if they fall behind, there's no chance they they can come back. You know, it's just there's a chance. Very, 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 very slim. So for me, it just comes down to if Kansas City scores first, they get up 14. Feels like ball game. It it does. It feels silly to even be worried about that. I mean, the Titans have some good have some good young players. I I mean on. Their defense, their pass rush, their front seven, especially is is great. They've done a killer job of building that up. Um, and and I'll say this: Mike Vrabel is a hell of a coach, right? I mean, that guy year in and year out has the Titans with a winning record. They play tough. Um, they play in a sucky conference. I mean, who wouldn't want to play the Houston Texans twice a year every year? And then certainly this year, that whole division is like whatever with the Jags and the Colts, uh, whatever. But a variable coach team is a well-coached team. And he's shown up big against the Chiefs. Last year, the Chiefs scored three points, and the Titans beat them by a nine multiple of their own score. Uh, it was at Nissan Stadium. So um, that was pretty much the low point for the Chiefs last year, I think. I mean, losing 27 to three was like, that's like the Raiders getting shut out like a week ago. I mean, it was that kind of a walloping. 
So yeah, I, you know, I want to feel confident. And at the same time, that ghost, man, that Titans ghost. It's a situation of we're always just going to sit here and be like, the chiefs are going to dominate based on what we're seeing on paper and what the players are on the field. But then you do take the ghost of the, of the Titans in here. You do ghost, take man. that curse. You do take a situation where the, the chiefs sometimes play down to competition. We saw it with the Colts. I, I think it's just a situation around the NFL in general. Most teams, it seems like play up or down to competition. I know it's difficult. It it's is. tough to get. It's tough to get up against the Titans the same way you get up for the Bills, uh, you know, on Monday night or something like that. It's different. It's a different feeling. You yep. want to say it's the same. It's not. It's why really the offensive line played so well against Tampa Bay. They were hyped. They had something to prove, and we've not seen them play like that again, except for maybe uh, was it against the the Forty ers It's difficult if the Chiefs come out like they're supposed to, fired up. After a bye, they should. It's Andy Reid. Should be no issues. But yeah. still a part of me is sitting here going, please, don't throw three interceptions. <laughs> don't don't fumble two punts. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. Clint McKenzie says, we beat the Oilers in 62. We'll beat them again. <laughs> Clint McKenzie, you're awesome, man. Tom Hood says, we should win, but that spread is way too much. Totally agree. Uh, yeah, crazy. Cora B says we might see a lot more Leo in this game. Boy, that would be a fun turn if we started to see more of him in the second half uh, of the season. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, it, folks, Sterling, you have any other Chiefs-related thoughts before we're wrapping things up today, by the way? Not a ton. Just I, I kind of want to put into perspective where the Chiefs are one last time. It's easy to lose sight when the Chiefs don't make any major moves at the deadline. It feels like you're sitting here. I've seen people say, Brett Veach, what's he doing? He's sitting on his hands. Think of the long picture here. It's it's a big picture. It's not one season. We are living in the golden years of Chiefs football. It's not just a one-and-done situation. If you live in Kansas City, you know about the Kansas City Royals. You know what happened after they went all in. You know, 14-15, that's great. What happened since? You know, you look around the NFL, look at the Rams. They went all in for one season. What happened since? It's not great. The the, the Chiefs are trying to build a long, long window. They're trying. This is how you do it, by not giving up high draft capital, by not overpaying for players who are going to be here for half a season to one season. The Chiefs are in a phenomenal place. They're a top three favorite to win the Super Bowl. It's going to be okay. Yeah, we may look back and go, so glad they didn't give up more assets or take on more salary. The Chiefs should enter next offseason with a lot of room for cap, a lot of draft picks, and a pretty clear board of mistakes, of financial mistakes. In other words, a lack of financial mistakes to allow them to really begin to make the next series of moves to rebuild like sort of the 2.0 in the Patrick Mahomes years. Um, after we've been watching these legends play together for for a long time. It's time for the must list. Richard, hold on. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I didn't want to blow everyone's eardrums out, so I lightly tapped. And I I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to blow everyone's just ears. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. Folks, if you're new here, we do a little thing on the end of our Tuesday episodes with me, Myself with Sterling, and we bring in Richard, our producer. By the way, Richard, how are you today? I'm doing I'm doing well, guys. Thank you for having me, as always. Yeah, love it. Love it. We do a thing called the must list, 
And Sterling's been wanting to bring in this gong to introduce the must list. It's a China symbol. I don't own a gong. <laughs> oh. I, semantics. Yeah. Semantics. No, I yeah. get it. I get it. Uh, we do a thing called the must list. And all we really do, we just like recommending things to each other and for you. Um, and sometimes they're silly. Sometimes they're serious. Usually it's dated rock in Sterling's instance, but whatever it is, we're here for it. So yeah, Richard, why don't we start with you, my man? Like what is your, what is on your must list for this week? Uh, for this week? Okay. I've just binged at least six episodes from Guillermo del Toro's cabinet of curiosities. That is a oh. mouthful. But uh, yeah, I've I've I'm only watched six of them so far. There has been one dud, but I think they're all they've all been pretty good at the end of the day. So I'd, I'd highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. You got a lot of good stories. They're all under an hour, so my attention span typically wavers after that. So an hour's noise. Do you like his other stuff, Guillermo? Gu- yeah, I gotta love Guillermo. I, I actually saw. Um, I, I just watched one of his other movies this this month. Chronos. Uh, uh, no, I've seen Pan's Labyrinth. I've never seen Kronos, the movie about the little device that turns you into a vampire. Spoiler, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> it's a vampire movie. That's how they advertise it. But yeah, I love Guillermo. Uh, Richard, that's not what your must list says in the show sheet. Yes, and oh. I know you people listening are very surprised. We actually do have a show sheet. We actually try to be professional here. I know it's very surprising, though. <laughs> yes, I think I wrote down Home Depot theme song, which is also my second list. That song is a banger. Uh, every time I have to do a single task in this home, whether it's you know u- unique or intricate, I still I hum it in my head. Wait, what is it doing again? Dun 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 dun. No, keep going, keep going. We're not. I'm. I'm. Dun 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 dun. Yeah, there you go. Connor, no? I have no idea what that is. No, that's amazing. Do you think Matt Connor does any home improvements? That guy's not good with his hands. Come on, I just I watch TV. I hear I hear I hear it on TV. I hear it on the radio. I don't even own a radio. Uh, Matt Connor, what do you have? Yeah, I'll go and then you can close this out, Sterling. So um, I went old school. My favorite, I just, I can't, we've done so many must lists and I've never mentioned my single favorite movie of all time is Heat by Michael Mann, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, Ashley Judd, a ton of great secondary characters. It's this, I mean, I, I hope everyone here, have you guys seen Heat? I love Heat. It's a good film. Sterling? Oh, it's like, Epic crime. It's Pacino versus De Niro. It's like bank robber crime showdown. It's the most badass film ever made. I love it so much. Yeah. Do they, do they play Power Station the whole time? Some like it hot and then some sweat when the heat is on? No. Just get out of here. Get out of here. Come on. This is the pun show. I can't do this with Vertebrae. With Vertebram. Vertebram will just look at me and be like, hey, Copernicus, that was stupid. Like, come on. I have to at least do some puns here. Vertebram. I don't does Vernon have a sense of humor or is it just like various tones of anger? <laughs> it's just New York. The latter. <laughs> All right. Mine is Like an Arrow by Blackberry Smoke. Blackberry Smoke is a very, very talented Southern rock band. Uh, like an Arrow, probably my favorite album they have. Just a very fun drinking band. Like if you listen, you put them on, you're like, oh, yeah, that's popping a top. It, you'd love some KC beer. And listening to Blackberry Smoke. They're great in concert. Seen them a couple of times. Uh, my dad actually showed me that. My dad loves Blackberry Smoke. He'll travel like all across the country to see him. Uh, but highly recommend them. Check them out if you can. Put them in the Discord. I want to see that. Will do. 
yeah. will do. Uh, I like Doug says Sterling in that porn stash. Gotta love it. <laughs> you do. Yes, is it a porn stash? Do you think it's a porn stash? Is it? Mm-hmm. I was thinking more um, Tom Selleck. I think these days you could have any kind of stash. I think I think they're pretty. I think porn's pretty amenable to any sort of stash. Oh, let us know, Matt. Let let, let us yeah. know your research. Let us know your findings. Porn expert here. Porn expert here. <laughs> no, see Richard and see, see where it says Matt Connor at Matt Connor AA. You know what you could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Triple X. Uh huh. I hear you typing. There we go. <laughs> I'm in it. Only now. fans, baby. I'm in it now. This is why everyone should stop listening in the last five minutes. What's going on? All right. On? Before Matt Connor starts in OnlyFans, this was the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Matt Connor, Richard, he has the best uh, best must list by far. By far. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate everyone in the Discord. Appreciate everyone who, who comments, everyone who reviews us. Hopefully they're five stars. But if you don't like us, I get it. I mean, I, I don't really like us. You know, we kind of, we're kind of keeping, you know, the lowbrow sense of humor compared to Verda Ram and Patrick Allen. But it, no matter what happens, we do appreciate it. Casey Birko, honestly, go ahead and try it. It is the best beer you will have. Uh, I will be back with Adam Best on Wednesday. Uh, Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam on Thursday. We'll be back on Sunday. Until then, we are out. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.